Thursday, August 4th, 2014, and you are listening to the Talking Games Podcast. It is absolutely not Thursday, <laughs> August 4th. What did I say? It's, it's, it's September. Said, oh, it's September 4th. Yeah. You're like a month behind. Whoops. <laughs> it is <laughs> September 4th. You guys should have helped me when I wrote this down before. Whatever. <laughs> it's September. Let's just go with it. We're one week from Destiny. That's all I can think about. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a disastrous opening, but my name's Justin Townsend, and I'm in the house with Miss Jackie Turner. Hello. Mr. Rob Newmeyer. Good evening. And Mr. Bobby Shortle. Hello, hello. What is this, back-to-back weeks for you, Bobby? Two weeks in a row. Oh, my God. Don't call it a comeback. It's <laughs> I've definitely, been here for years. It's definitely a comeback, but it's <laughs> definitely not August. It's September. Yeah. I'm just going to get right into it. Yeah, sure. Rob teased this at the end of, of the show last week. Uh-huh. I've been having some PlayStation issues, which I talked about two weeks ago. And I've, I've been holding this story in, so. Yes, you have. So I talked about using a heat gun on my PS3, and that totally did not work at all. So I was pretty despondent. I figured my Walking Dead saves were gone forever. And my buddy who I work with was like, let's try one more thing. Let's stick your PS3 in the oven. What? So I said, sure, why not? Let's do it. So we baked a PS3 cake, and lo and behold, my system came back to life. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, what temperature? 400 degrees. What? For nine minutes. Wow. How did it not melt? I don't know. Honestly, I I have no idea. Basically, we just took out the motherboard, and he said he had it at 400 degrees, and he put it in there for nine minutes. That sounds absolutely ridiculous. And he, um, unfortunately, I couldn't be there. Uh I had other matters to attend to. He's like, let me just play Frankenstein with your PS3. So I said, sure, why not? Go for it. Conveniently, and, Justin was not there yeah. when he put the, <laughs> the in the oven. I didn't want to see it die. I didn't, I didn't want to see it at all. So I was getting text updates from him all night long. Like, uh, He sent me a picture, and he's like, it's tur- it was turned on. And I was like, I can't believe it. He's like, this is how I have to keep it on, though. And he had one of those fans that um, – not like a, a regular fan that blows back and forth, but one of the, like the tower ones – and he had it tipped over, blowing directly on top of the PS3 to keep it cool. Uh-huh. And he was able to back up my saves to the cloud, back up my saves to a USB, and then he's like, nope, it's dead. Like, I can't get it to turn back on. And five minutes later, he's like, nope, it's working again. He didn't uh, back up your nude selfies to the cloud, did he? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Okay, just checking. Hopefully those never see the light of day. <laughs> so <saw> the... <laughs> So he brought it back in the next day. He's like, I have no idea how long this is going to work. He's like, you should probably trade it in right now. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't trade it into some poor guy who, like, the second the GameStop warranty expires, this thing will just break down. I, I would feel bad about that. All I wanted to do is just play The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. So I turned it on last night, or the night before, excuse me, and I have one of those, like, desks fans, and I put it directly behind it. Locked it in position and kept it just blowing on it the whole time. And I made this room an icebox. Uh-huh. I kept the AC on for like four hours at like the lowest possible setting. And I was able to beat the final two episodes of The Walking Dead. And now I have no idea if it'll turn back on. I have no idea if I start another game on my PS3, if I'll be able to do anything with it. It's kind of just like on borrowed time. So if I decide to do something with it, I have to just accept the fact that it could die forever. Yeah, I wouldn't even bother starting another game or anything i have so many games on there that i wanted to play Uh uh-huh 
So well, you got the main thing that I got you the wanted. yeah the main thing I wanted to do. I was able to do, and that's all that I really cared about. So, I guess I'll jump right into that. I mean, I played The Walking Dead. I finished season two, and I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Uh-huh. Um, what the final like the fifth one, right? Yeah, episode five of season two. What that clock in it? Um, time wise, yeah. Between all the episodes or just the episode itself? Just the last episode. Maybe maybe an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Maybe two hours. I, I was just so focused on beating that as fast as possible because uh-huh. I kept touching the back of the machine. I'm like, you were on fire. So I just wanted to get it done as soon as possible. I really liked it. I thought the ending um, was much different than the first season. I'm not going to spoil anything. Your choice is definitely definitely play a part more than they did in the first season mm-hmm. um so i beat that and then when i was done with that i said i'm going to go play infamous first light aha uh-huh. you guys are off playing diablo and the only reason i'm not playing diablo is because i had all these other games that i wanted to finish i wanted the platinum rogue legacy which i got to mm-hmm. i wanted to play That's crazy by the way that you managed that it's sickening. really really crazy yeah hey i got it that's all that matters <laughs> Yeah, i know you got it but still it was 60 hours. That's so a lot. 60 hours of 60 just hours of collecting. No, 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 no. no. Okay. All together, through all my playthroughs, I put 60 hours into that game. It's not even the hours that's the problem. It's the, how you spent probably what those last, what, 10 hours? The grinding part of Rogue Legacy took me a, l- a little over about 10 hours. Okay. That was 10 hours of time where you basically weren't having any fun. I was having loads of fun. I'm like, I'm going to get this platinum nobody else has. Yeah, Steve's yeah. going to put Jorah <laughs> through college. <laughs> because he's like, there's no way you'll, be, you'll ever be able to do this. The reason that I went for it was because I beat those remix bosses. Like, after I figured out, like, I beat these, I have to go all the way. If I never beat the remix bosses, I wouldn't have even attempted this. The, uh, the grinding, I, I found that I didn't do enough of it. So I lost track of how many lives I had. I could only die 15 times. And I took on the final boss three times and died because I kept needing to get a tank. So if I didn't get a tank, my dude had like 200 health and the final boss would wipe me away in like a second or two. Thankfully, I got a tank and was able to beat him with four health left. And then I was like, oh my God, that must have been my 14th life. It was my ninth. But I I completely (laughs) lost track. And I beat it at like three in the morning. Uh, I just said like, I am staying up and I'm doing this tonight. And if I, if I just failed, I failed, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't waste any more time in the game, but I, I enjoyed every. Did you do that thing that Bobby said he did at three in the morning where you stood up and like cheered silently to yourself? I didn't do it no silently. Else. I yelled. <laughs> I mean, this room's pretty soundproof. I, I let out a joyous good for me. Congratulations. You're amazing. So back to infamous first light. Mm. Now, Bobby, you played this too a little bit, right? I, I, I mean, I played, I finished the story. I haven't like uh, played through the. Uh, I haven't platinum. I haven't gotten all the challenge stuff and everything like that. But I, I beat the whole story. What did you think of the story? Um, I liked it. You know, my um, I I always thought I thought Fetch was a pretty interesting character in the in the uh, infamous Second Son. So the fact that they chose her as the character, I thought was a good move. Um, it's a prequel story, obviously. So you're kind of you're kind of leading up to where Fetch enters the story in Infamous Second Son, and because of that you kind of already know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you've, if you've played Second Son, which there's no reason you're playing First Light if you haven't played Second Son, uh, it, it's not as interesting narratively because of, of those facts. I mean, not that Infamous, Infamous Second Son was a fantastic narrative game to begin with, which I think because had a lot of its own problems, but I, I felt like 
it was fun and Fetch was an interesting character to go about and I, I liked I liked the fact that there wasn't a morality system in this one that it was yeah. just kind of going through but for me the story kind of rung a little bit hollow for me I get that I I same thoughts as you you know I'm not one for prequels I hate knowing where we're going before we get there and if you played Second Son you already know where we're going here but I liked the character of Fetch so much more than I did Delson. If they had made the game, I thought the game mechanics and her power set were so much more entertaining to use than anything that Delson had. I thought the, I, the ability to do the super speed, which was in the first game, but then amplify it with those neon clouds where you're now traveling faster than you ever traveled with Delson in the first game at any point. Um, Made it really exciting. Uh, the if you played Second Son, the map that they give you for this is I'll say it's about the first area of the game that you get into. Yeah, it's like half the map is basically what it is. Yeah, it's, it's that, a it's a big chunk. Yeah, it is a big chunk. But the problem with Second some problem with First Light is that it's really empty and devoid of stuff to do. I mean, I got like the lumens and the like. I cleared the areas like immediately, and that probably took me an hour to clear all this stuff out. Okay. And then once that was clear, like going from story beat to story beat, there was no, like basically nothing in between me and the story beats. And that's kind of, I think what, I mean, look, it's, it's a $15 game. Essentially. It's not even technically it, you can, you'd stand alone. You can get it if you don't have uh, second son. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I felt the opposite of you, which is that, I mean, I like using her powers and I, I think that the neon power was the best looking power in the, in second son. But I felt like not having the the flight power and not having the other kind of um, things to use to go about it, I th- I thought even though you could traverse the world really really fast, uh, it, it felt it felt tedious to me to go from one end of the map to the other. That's interesting because for yeah. me I didn't feel that way at all. But if say <clears throat> I could see what you were saying if the whole game was open, like where we're getting over by the skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Maybe Fetch's power, they might have even tried this, Fetch's power wouldn't have worked as well over there because the buildings were that much larger. It just felt like you could jump from building to building to building, but I totally get what you're saying about the you know, story was altogether, if you played just a story mission, three hours? Probably at the, yeah, at the most, at the probably, most. yeah, at the most. And another hour or two to clear everything out, but where the game um, I had the most fun with was that they added challenge rooms into... Uh, into the gameplay. So at any time you could pause and you could go into these arenas where um, there was four different ones. Um, and now four different arenas and they broke down in two different ways, survival and rescue. And for the rescue ones, you will have waves of enemies coming, uh, but also you'll have a NPC that needs rescuing. So you would have to like jump down and defeat all the enemies uh, around that enemy and then collect them, like run over them and collect them. If you let five of them die, it was over. If you died, it was over. And it was all about seeing what kind of score that you could get. They added like a whole bunch of um, abilities that Delson didn't have in the original game. Homing missiles, the ultimate move is different. Um, that made it fun. Like the survival ones, just surviving wave after wave after wave of agents uh, was fun. And then Later in the game, or later in the challenges, you would start fighting the demons that you fought in the original... Well, that, you know, you had the powers 
for in the original and in Second Son. Um, along with that, there was challenges. So you would be, you know, the trophies were associated on each map, like get 500,000 500, score. And then there was an overall one where it was like get 10 million. So you're going for every time you go, as you're progressing and doing these challenges, you could start leveling fetch up. So you start getting more and more abilities. The abilities you have get stronger and stronger and stronger. And now there was, I forget, I forget how many challenges. I'm going to say like 100. It was a, overall the whole game. There was maybe like 100 challenges. So it would be like kill five guys in the air or now kill 10 guys in the air or kill five demons, kill ten, uh, 10 demons, kill, kill a guy while you're in the air and he's in the air. So you could like, do all these, these challenges, which to me like, was just one of those games where it's like a fun grind. It wasn't difficult. Um, I, like surviving to wave 30 proved to be kind of difficult. Um, and now as you defeat enemies, you would get a multiplier going. And so with the higher your multiplier, the higher your score would get and so on and so forth. To me, it was just a fun game to like sit back and play for maybe the nine hours that I had it. Um, if you're into getting platinum trophies, it's a very attainable one. Uh, but I really enjoyed my time with it more than I did Second Son. I wish that Second Son had these challenge challenge rooms. I like I like stuff like that. Have you got to do any of that stuff? Yeah, yet? yeah. I, I'm just getting into it now, and it's so funny. I, I couldn't disagree with you more uh, about the challenge room thing. Really. The last thing I want to do in a game is do the same thing over and over and over and over again and hope that this time I'll break past the, the, the total I have, to, I have to get past. Let me ask you something. Do you like playing pinball? Not really, no. See, oh, we had the big pinball talk a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah. Like, to me, it's like that same type of thing. Like, I mean, I like, playing, I like putting a couple quarters in pinball if you're playing, but I don't like playing for hours and hours at a time. Ten I see what hours, you're saying. But you know? like, for people who like that type of stuff, like I like that type of stuff. I like having a score that I'm chasing. Right. It gives me something to, to push towards. But if you're not into that, I could totally, I could totally see that. I mean, I don't mind the challenge. Like, I don't mind the fact that you're doing stuff and you're getting these numbers popping up that are like, oh, you've got nine of ten you know, melee kills in a row or whatever it is. I think that stuff is good. I, I don't mind that stuff going through. And I like that they track it because I, I, I really do not like when games have kind of big numbered achievements uh, and they don't track it for you. Yeah, so like, you, have, you have to kill... 500 guys and, the, and you have no idea how many guys you're at yeah what number you're at that's frustrating yeah so i i feel like that part is very frustrating um you know I, I think that the new powers that she has i mean they're just there to give you powers that delson had and the other thing with other sure with other, you know the, the the tv power had the homing missiles that's right and stuff like that so it's just a run our power set which is fine i like that stuff um i just felt like like i enjoyed playing it and I had a good time playing it. But much like with Second Son, it, there was something about it that even though I enjoyed playing it, it made me furious at it. I don't know what it, what it is. I just feel like there's, like there's potential there. And I, don't, and I feel like it's missing its potential in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I felt like if you incorporate those challenges more into the world... I think that's that that is more interesting to me. And they did have challenges in the world, but not nearly as many. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about even the wave based thing. If they yeah. the wave based stuff more in the world, in the map, give me more free places to roam, more to do. I feel like I would have I, I would have liked it more. So, you know, I don't know. I, I that that was a, a a breaker for me. I wanted the story to be more engaging. Because when I go to Infamous Games, that's really what I'm going for. The story. Is the story. I think that's the problem I have with the DLCs you say about the map is mm. I find the same with the Assassin's Creed ones is you're so used to them being crammed full of 
collectibles and side missions and stuff to do and you do the dlc and the map is half the size with a fifth of the amount to do yeah and that's and that was my problem yeah. is, and like you know i'm like hunting out these drive-by shooting things which are part of the challenges and you know in second sun if you had like those those incidental things to do they were everywhere they're always there i have to basically go in and out of the map really to get them to pop up yeah the last two challenges i needed because uh, i completely forgot about the open world ones yeah was I needed to save 10 hostages, right. and I needed to do 10 drive-by shootings, and I figured, this is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to take me forever, and it took me 15 minutes to find both. It could have just been, yeah. like, a weird thing, but, like, I thought for sure, like, this is going to blow really hard, and it was like, wow, it was, like, way easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the way around it for me was I had to load into the open-world map, do one, load, load out. out to the, 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 like, the selection screen. That's what I thought I was going load to have back to do. in. Um, oh, maybe they'll sucks. start popping up more and that's the, I was like okay that's kind of when I stopped because I was like I don't want to yeah, sit here and do this I could definitely see that being frustrating um, what I did like about it and I will say this I like that it brought back the kind of puzzly element of getting those shards like the lumens thing yeah. like it wasn't just it told you where they were on the map but you had to figure out how to get them because they were kind of the first time I, I saw one I was like is there some sort of power that makes me fly really high because yeah. I have no idea I was like this one but you have to use your boosts. Uh, yeah, there's these boost things that Justin was talking about that make you run faster. You have to find like the right ledge to jump off of. You have to, you know, use your your, your kind of your kind of like warp power. Well, there's ways to do it. It's just it's not like Second Son where it's like, okay, here's the thing, just jump down and get it. You have to actually figure out a way to get. It. Much like Infamous Two and Infamous One, which the, the blast shards were there, but you had to figure out how to get figure them. out how to get them. And I like that they did that in this game because it made that more interesting but once i got in the lumens then it just becomes how much can you kill somebody and how many times in the, the right place and that's yeah. why it starts to get monotonous me and maybe i should have spread it out more maybe i shouldn't have mainlined that's exactly but that's exactly what i did i right. just was like clear all the areas then do the story yeah and i that you know that can be thankfully there wasn't that many so it took like an hour or two mm. but in infamous that that would take much much longer right yeah final question they do another infamous mm-hmm. who do you want the game to star um, Cole <laughs> from Infamous okay. 1 and 2. That's, that, that's, that's the guaranteed answer. <laughs> yeah. If, if it had to be between Delson and Fetch. You know what? I'm invested in 10 hours, 10, 12 hours of Delson's story, so I want to see where it goes. I didn't have a big problem with Delson. I don't think he's as interesting as Cole because he doesn't have the personal kind of yeah. pain and he doesn't have the origin story that Cole has. But I didn't dislike Delson. I just, I didn't really super connect with him. Um, you know, I, but I didn't, I wasn't in love with Fetch after playing the story either. I wasn't like, oh my god, I need to see more of this druggy turned hero turned killer turned hero, or maybe killer depending on what you did Which in Infamous yeah. Second Son. So I like her as a supporting character in that game, but I don't necessarily didn't, didn't hit with me as much lead. I, I, I honestly like I love the Infamous games. I'd rather see Sucker Punch do something different. Yes, well, I agree with you a hundred percent there. Know? I'd much rather them see them move away from Infamous and yeah. do different things. Yes. I would say Fetch, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I liked her. Rob, you're shaking your head over there. No, I mean that that would be interesting if they if they did a you know female lead yeah. for for that kind of game. But like Bobby said, I, I want I want something new. I really hope for something new. Well, now that I've got you over here, uh huh. Why don't you tell me what you've been doing? Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, I mean, it was tons of Diablo. I'll do that last, though. Uh, I downloaded the NHL 15 demo on the, the PlayStation Store. 
And uh, I, I played that for about three or four games I played. And that, Wait, How long can you play on the demo? You could play as many games as you want. It's just two teams. Yeah, two-minute periods. Two-minute periods. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But it is so flawed that all of my games were five to nothing or six to nothing. Uh, it's either the Rangers, New York Rangers, or LA Kings that you could pick. Uh, and all I would do was get the puck, skate into the zone, stay right at the, the blue line, and shoot straight on at the net from the top of the blue line. And every time it went in. So there is something wrong with with the goalie. Uh, No matter what team I picked, no matter if the guy was left-handed or right-handed, I I tried it out with, you know, any any type of combo. And, yeah. um, Wasn't there a glitch like this in other NHL games? Oh, every NHL game had its own glitch, like wraparound goals, uh, one-times at, you know, one-timers at certain points on the ice. But th- this one is just so odd because that kind of goal in a regular hockey game is odd unless the goalie is fully screened. You know, that's like me throwing a ball at you and, you know, you just catching it. Gotcha. So if someone's standing in front of you, then, yeah, it would be harder. But this was me and the goalie, and that's it. So, yeah, th- there's something something wrong. So hopefully they get some kind of feedback from this. Maybe they have a, or, a patch coming, yeah. like a day one patch coming. I had the same thing. I, I downloaded it, and I, I, when I played it, I played it on the easiest difficulty because I was like, I'm horrible at these games. I just want to see how it looks because I want to see how pretty it looks. And then I beat them like eight to nothing, and I was like, okay, I got to put it up to the next difficulty. I played in their game, and then I, I only won five to nothing, but I still was like, this is weird. Like I, I feel like I shouldn't be dominating, doing this well. No, same thing. And I won, I won every face-off. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if if they jacked it up like that to kind of make you feel like, oh, wow, this is cool, you know, I'm winning, so then I'll go out and buy the game. But I... I, That's strange. Yeah. I've I've never, never had it like this on any any kind of sports game. When I played the beta for Battlefield 4 and 3, actually, the game played like Call of Duty, which I thought was so strange. Um especially with well, when I was playing Battlefield 4, because they had, they had that same problem with 3, and then 3 came out okay in the main game. It, it wasn't twitchy like that. Um, but they ended up never fixing the, the Battlefield 4 thing. So hopefully that's something that they take notice of and they fix, because otherwise that sounds like it's not going to be any fun at all. No, uh, it wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just felt like, the, like they had like, turned the sliders like all the way down and you had no control of them because like you're saying it wasn't even just the goalie. Like I would win the faceoffs and I would just like skate into the zone and no one would even like try to touch me. Nope. Like wow. no one would go for the puck. I could I could like stand against the boards and no one would even hit me. You know, it was very very strange. Mm-hmm. Unless I played purposely extremely sloppily, it like it they it, they never got the puck. Uh huh. So it was weird. Yeah. Like the only time I lost the puck is if I would skate in as let's say a right-hander and try and take a slap shot like from my backhand to where you would turn to, you know, your, your forehand and shoot during the transition, you would, you know, turn the puck to, to your forehand and then the puck would just come loose automatically. So then, you know, the, the, 
uh, computer would take the puck and skate down ice. But other than that, as long as I shot on my correct correct hand, it would go right in. And isn't this NHL's? Didn't they take a year off to come onto the new consoles? Yeah, well, the NHL, the last NHL game was not on the new consoles. Yeah, so yeah, yeah gotta, this, this is their first time on. Yeah, got to put a better foot forward. And plus, like, just the skating felt stiff. Everything felt felt it, stiff. And it didn't and look as good odd. as I thought it was going to look. No, no. Yeah. It's funny, because I'd rather, you know, give me any of those old Genesis games. NHL uh, 94, let's go. Mm-hmm. That was the last 90, NHL game I played. 95 is my favorite. But, but any of those with just some, like, souped-up graphics. Like, mm-hmm. I just wish a small indie team would do a really cool hockey game. Yeah, there's that. There's that skating game from that indie team, Roll 7, and they did Ali Ali, which I thought was a, a terrific game. I think it's out on the – actually, it was a Vita game. Now it's out on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, it is. But you're right. Like, I'd like to see an indie team take on a sports game, like a football game, and just see what they could do with it, even if it didn't have the you know, NHL or NFL licenses where it was just about the sport. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like a Blades of Steel remake or something. There you go. Mm. Jackie, I'm going to jump to you. Yeah. So why don't you tell me what you're doing? Because it's probably going to mesh in with what Rob was doing. Mm-hmm. Diablo. That's Ooh. all I've been doing. Like in life in general. In the <laughs> last this, five days. Is this where I tell you I'm extremely proud of you <laughs> for playing Diablo? <laughs> uh. I'm so proud of you, Jackie. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much my kind of game. And uh-huh. I don't know why. I, I, to be honest, the first day I played it, I turned around to my other half and I was like, why did I not? Why was I not pre-ordering this six months ago? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't understand why I didn't get this. Like, I have no idea why I really didn't know much about it, and I hadn't given it any thought. And then I got like birthday PlayStation points, yeah. and I was like, mm. okay, you know, the game will cost me thirty bucks. That's worth it. You know, I'm pretty sure I'll probably like it. And that was it. I turned it on at eight o'clock on Friday, and I tweeted this actually. I turned it on at eight o'clock on Friday night. And an hour later, I looked at the clock, and it was five hours later. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, literally, five hours went in the blink of an eye. And then I played it Saturday morning, all day Sunday, all day Labor Day. While everyone else is barbecuing and hanging out with family, I was on the couch playing Diablo. Slaying demons. <laughs> yeah. What class did you make? I am a crusader. Nice. And okay. I got to about level 44, something like that, about now. And, yeah. No, 43. Three, because Rob mailed me a piece of armor I cannot yet use. Yeah, I need one more level. Whenever I mail someone something, I I usually go a couple of levels it's above, good. so it gives they have you something, something to be to excited forward. about. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so thoughtful. Uh, I just right. hit. I think I hit level sixty-five or sixty-six today. Um, and what's the cap? Seventy. Very nice. But oh, that's the cap. Damn. Yeah, seventy is a cap, but then you have paragon levels after that, so you get. Okay. points every level that you get to spend on stuff. I was wondering because the achievement, one of the achievements is to equip a legendary piece of, a legendary something in every single slot that requires level 70 to be able to use it or wear it. Uh-huh. So I knew there was some significance to 70, but I didn't realize that that was the cap mm. and that was as high as you could get. Well, yeah. Like I said, level 70 is the cap, but right. there are levels beyond that that you could still go technically to to okay. use different points and different types of of skills that's good because i get annoyed when you're trying to grind out for those last couple of levels and it i mean skyrim one of the best things skyrim did which i, I it's got to be like a, maybe a year ago but skyrim 
brought a patch out where rather than being like 81 was pretty much your top level you could like make all of your skills legendary and put them right back to square one and level them up again so it's like you went to it's like you prestiged yeah exactly but basically it means that there really isn't a limit on leveling up and it like it gave me like another 30 hours i would have thought on skyrim (laughs) it all comes back to skyrim it does it does all come back to skyrim but right now diablo will do uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I made a demon hunter, and so I use bows and crossbows. But I, I got this bow that I used for probably about five levels. That I had a, it says a fifty percent chance to cluck, and <laughs> That's so every, every other shot, I, I was shooting a chicken. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, the chicken, it would almost act like a missile and it would do (laughs) extra damage. Oh, I saved it. it. Yeah. No, now I'm going to go home and make a new character. If you ever make another character, I can have this happen. I I put it in my my chest. Is there other weapons like that in the game? Or is that like just like a one time thing? Oh, no. there, There are weapons that do like funny things or, you know, odd oddball type things. Like I have a ring. It's called the puzzle ring. And you know those little treasure goblins? Uh, this one spawns one to follow me around all the time. Wow. And any white pieces of armor or weapons that drop, he picks it up. And for every 14 pieces he picks up, he has a 40% chance to regenerate them into a legendary piece. Oh, nice. Oh. I like so he'll drop, he'll drop a yellow piece and then, you know. Those treasure goblins... Oh my god, I love those little fuckers. They're uh, awesome. I like chase them around and yeah, kick yeah, their yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. I just hate when they get off screen. I get so scared. Yeah. Yeah. You just you have to follow the channel. Oh yeah. 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 I managed to get, you know, the perk or the rune or whatever it is that means that you can like run impeded through the enemies. Because like, they can be something like eight times the size of me and I'm like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> Coming through. Treasure goblin. Get out of the way. Uh-huh. I'll deal with you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> in the the last act, like the new act. They um, they're upgraded. They they call them something else. I forgot what they call them, but they're a different different type of treasure goblin. I'm looking so forward they, to meeting them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's I cool. just got the jeweler, uh-huh. the devious Shen, which I feel uncomfortable with, like the naming of the character <laughs> and the way he looks. Uh-huh. And it's like weird, like Asian stereotype going on or something. <laughs> um, but I've been upgrading jewels now. But as far as I got my 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 jeweler and my blacksmith upgraded to the point where I need more than money. I need like that, whatever that element is that you have to, you know, yeah. yeah um, yeah. which I don't know what it is or where I get it. Cause I like over leveled both of them just so that I, they would be there. So I don't have to worry about them uh-huh. because gold is so inconsequential. It's like every time I go back to town, I've got 115,000 pieces of gold right. and I'm just going through. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I got just got to act three. So I'm going a little bit slower than you two folks uh-huh. over there. But, uh, I'm still on Act 3. Yeah, but Jack, you've been the game for three days. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, But Rob and I played together the other day, and that was a lot of fun. I haven't done that yet. I want to do that. We we definitely have to set something up. I will come on and see you guys and Steve all playing, and I'm like, I wonder if they're playing together. No, all playing separately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what scared me? It didn't scare me, but um, the, the first time I played with someone that was further along than I was, uh, I was almost at the end of Act 1, and he was like the second quest into Act 2. And so we were playing, and I left his game, you know, and I went to boot up later on, and it continued me where he was. 
Mm-hmm. So oh, okay, I got you. So you know, I I got scared. I was like, oh, now I'm going to lose. You know, because he was playing a different difficulty level at that point. So I had to go back into Act One and and play through on easy again. This was before I I went up to hard and then to expert. Um, but still, it, it just freaked me out. I don't like that. I wish it would just save the single player stuff as single player stuff, and then you know, if you do online stuff, just just. Leave but it's it all the same that. thing to them, right? There's no difference between the two things in, in kind of their infrastructure and their Correct. minds. So yeah. if you're playing Act Four stuff and you're really on Act One, it's going to leave you in Act Four. Yeah. Um, but all the other stuff will be blacked out. Right. Yeah. But but still. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I just hate when it does stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, when you get to Act Five, mm-hmm. that's the last yeah. act, right? Yeah, uh, that's when you'll get stuff to get your jeweler t- the last two levels and mm. your the armor guy. Have you come across that secret room for The Last of Us yet? Not yet. What about the armor for yes. Shadow? I do have that, and I was bugging out because I got what do they call them? Pa- para- paragrams or you know when you pick up a like a green book? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So what that is, is you meet a character in the last act who, like, let's say you have a set of armor that you're never going to find a better piece ever or a better weapon ever. Like, you have your end game mm-hmm. stuff. You can then change that stuff to look like whatever you want. Oh, okay. That's cool. But it'll still have the stats yeah, of yeah, that's awesome. your original weapon. Yeah. So that that's why, like, right now, if I wanted to, I could make the full set of of the Shadow of the Colossus armor. That's mm. cool. And it'll have the stats of my weapons right now. But I want to wait until, you know, I get level 70 and stuff. Because it, it does. It costs a lot. Uh, I think it's... What is it? It's not 50,000 gold. It might be 50,000 gold per... Per like super special piece, gotcha. Um, but even so, the the jewels when you have really really good jewels mm-hmm. in your sockets, if you want to take them out, that's what starts like racking up money. Mm-hmm. Right now, it costs me about one hundred and twenty five thousand gold to get like the biggest jewels oh out God. of the armor to be <laughs> able to combine them again and put them back in. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. you have to uh, grind for a bit to get it. Yeah. Uh, I, feel like I mean, it, it doesn't I feel take like that not. long. Like, like right now, I'm I'm about to hit the million mark. I think oh. with gold. So yeah, I mean, it's like it's basically nothing. Like you go out there, you go, out, you you can grind, but it, you could play a story mission as long as you clear the map, you end up with so much gold. It's it's ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. The story, guys. the story, what you were saying, though, is, is terrible. It's, it, yeah, oh, it it's just garbage. Oh it's, it's, it's just like it's it's it's, it it's not offensive. Like, it's just no. it's just so I it's I I find it impossible to pay attention to it. Right. Well, you know what this game actually really reminds me of it's it's like Darksiders without the parkour. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the kind of game it feels like to uh-huh. me. Yeah. Yeah. The game uh, mechanics are different, mm. but like the storyline, is the the aesthetic, the look of it, everything is is like. Darksiders. I feel like I'm playing like the cover of an like a Megadeth album like, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm playing through it. I, I will say though, I love watching the CG cutscenes because they're just gorgeous. They, they are. are. They make absolutely no sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because we don't listen to the rest of the story, so that's why I don't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand what's happening in front of me. It's because you haven't paid attention to anything that's going on so far. Yeah. Give me something to pay attention to. I have like there a tertiary understanding of what's going on. There's the Lords of Hell. They're trapped in the stone. And he's, they're trying to get the rest of them to save yadi, the yadi, world. Yadi, 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 yeah, yeah. Let me demons. kill more stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I just started Act Three, and you're on the top of that castle. 
Uh-huh. And I like that because it yes. changes up like the dynamics of it a little bit because you're not just fighting like the grunt enemies. There's like these giant enemies on the sides of the castle that you have to take out and have them fall down. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing about the, like I like said last week, same thing is that it's ridiculously easy. Yeah. So when you're playing, I'm playing on hard. I should be probably playing on expert at this point, but um, when, when you and I played together, we played a boss and it literally took no time at all. It was just like I over. Just, yeah. I just said, I mean, I sit yeah. there and just like, you know, I'm like waiting for a power to cool down. So yeah. I just stand there and wait for it to cool down. <laughs> la, 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 Cause I'm, I'm taking like no damage. Does, yeah. it, does the difficulty increase the more players that are in the room? No, it doesn't seem like uh, it. No. That's something uh, I would have liked to have seen. It kind of. But here's the thing about the game. And this, it, it's, the game isn't about the challenge of getting through it. You know, it's not about like, how difficult are the enemies that you're facing? It's not really about that. It's about getting loot, upgrading your guy, and just kind of enjoying the massacre that you create yeah. every time you walk into a room. I love all that, but I would at least like the boss levels to be a puzzle of sorts. Yeah, but I it's just not the game f- it is. You know, I It's know, not like a Zelda that's, game or anything like right. that. But I, that's kind of, that's what I feel like I miss. Is right. that, you know, the bosses, like you, say, you get so powered up that you just stand next to them and keep hitting your powers and they're dead. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. And I'd like a little bit of a challenge. Like, well, one guy, you need to wait for him to come down. One guy is going to swing this big axe. You need to get out the way. Right. And there's a little bit of that, but not enough to actually make it an integral part of how you beat that boss. Right. And it also probably depends, like Rob was saying before, on the class that you're, you end up playing as, right? Because as a demon hunter, you don't have a lot of defense, you know? No. As, no. as the crusader, not only do I have a bunch of healing buffs and the guy I'm you know, rolling with is healing me, the shield aspect of it is huge. Because I'm blocking probably... 60% of the attacks that, yeah. that come at me. So I, I don't even have to like look at my health bar. I've probably used probably, I played in the game for me. I don't know how many, how many, I've been in the third act. I'm at level 41. I've probably used 10 potions, maybe the entire game. Yeah, I've sorry. died one time. And that was when, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> the, the, I, I don't know if we talked about it or not last week, the nemesis system. Yeah. So the nemesis system is, is so if a player on your friends list dies uh, to the hands of an enemy, that enemy can pop up in your game yeah. and it'll say like, you know, you know, nemesis, uh, you know, killed, you know, Jackie oh, Turner. Wow. <clears throat> and you, t- you take it out, you get extra kind of gold and loot and they, and, but also you would get extra gold and loot as well in your game. Like a little ghost version of you pops That's up cool. you know, running around. And one must have popped into my game that I was just like not ready for. I was just, it was just way above my level and it just massacred me. <laughs> uh, and that's the only time I died. Yeah, so. with with me, when, let's say, a nemesis or any of the big named characters or, like, purple or orange characters pop up, if they have either poison or the arcane lasers that kind of spin in a circle, for some reason, to me, those are almost instant death. It'll—I might be able to last— three or four seconds in the line of a laser or in a pool of poison wow. where I have to literally just take off as fast as I can. That's pretty cool though with the different classes because uh-huh. they really don't touch me. They don't do any, I mean, I dance around like it's disco. It makes uh-huh. no difference to me whatsoever. I was if I stand in a pool of poison, it drains my health. That's the only thing I'll like make sure I roll out of that stuff. Cause that's stuff that really gets me. But like I have like elemental protections and stuff. So fire and ice yeah. it doesn't really yeah. do anything to me uh 
But the thing is, like, I don't even care because I walk in, and I hit my little R two, and like these lightning bolts come down and hit every single yeah. character on the yeah. screen, and, like disintegrate yeah. people in front of me. Exactly. Sometimes I just walk through a hallway, and if they're low enough level, I'm just hitting R two, and they're just like dying all all around me. Yeah. Um, you know, using my wrath. But the thing about I, you actually were with me when I got it. I got this perk that when I use wrath, it regenerates my health. Oh God. So. Yeah. Using my main magic, it regenerates the health that I'm, that I'm working with. I have, I think, I have one where every time I kill something, I get health points. Yeah, yeah, I so have yeah, too, if, yeah, exactly. If you're in a crowd of like silly little monsters, you're just you're getting more health than you're spending. Yeah, uh-huh. and I feel really good when I'm fighting, and like that, the gift pops up, and it's like, oh, this is a gift for this person. Oh, oh I, love that. Me too. I feel really good. I'm like, yeah, I get to send something to somebody. Yes. yes. Now, have you gotten any uh, set pieces like green? Items that are actual set pieces for you to wear. No, I've never gotten a green item for me to okay, wear. Okay, I just got my first one. Yeah, uh, and there are plenty of sets in the game. It just seems like they're like the rarest things to find. Right. I'm pretty happy with the way my gear looks right now. Uh-huh. So I know I'm gonna have that issue when I get the new piece of gear that's better. I'm like, uh, I don't uh, really want to change because I look the way it looks, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to. Uh-huh. I have that problem in games. Some stupid crown on my head or something. Oh, it's terrible. Like you could dye your armor and stuff like that. Oh. So that gets me. I think there's an achievement totally. for having. Uh-huh. There's an achievement for having everything dyed a different color. Yeah. At the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> but like well, I said, when when you get towards the end level stuff, then you'll be able to change it to look however you want. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the first game that we, that you know, the m- most of us have been playing. I am the one guy who is not playing this game. Yeah. Regrettably, now the more I hear you guys <laughs> talk about it, uh-huh. still but, time, Justin. Uh, I know we got what. what Get a week till Destiny. Yeah, you got a week out. until to play Diablo before Absolutely. Destiny comes out. You can definitely do it. You yeah. have to. If Perhaps. you're willing to grind for gold in Rogue Legacy as much as you did, this game is just you're gonna love it. Yeah. Maybe I'll you jump gotta in. Do it. I got yeah. a week to go. Yeah, but it's nice to hear everybody like so excited to be talking about the same thing because usually we're talking about all different things. Uh-huh. Yeah, and almost everybody's here is talking and enjoying the same thing. Oh, yeah. So I, I definitely think we're all enjoying this. We're gonna be doing that a lot. Oh, come, next week. come Destiny? Yes. <laughs> the fun part of playing with Rob was that because he's a different class than me, he showed up my game and he started doing all these things and I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> the same thing was happening with you. Yeah. I was asking you, I was like, are you making that tornado? What is going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We have to play together yeah, soon. He had this uh-huh. one thing and he shot like a billion arrows into the sky and they all <laughs> fell down. I was like, what are you doing? That's amazing. Uh-huh. But I have one like I have the power like I I, I can send out like six clones of myself that like, go running oh, through people and stuff like that. Thing, yeah. It was really cool, you know. I did find I did find a weapon that the first couple of times really threw me off because you have like a twenty seven percent chance of generating a something that will come fight with you. Yeah. And the first couple of times it happened, I was like swinging aimlessly at it because it's this big blue demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Why won't it die? <laughs> and then I noticed it like going off and killing things. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I have something where I could spawn a companion mm-hmm. and, you know, it starts off as like a bat or something like that. Then yeah. it turns into a crow and then a boar and then it turns into two ferrets, <laughs> which was awesome because I felt, what was that movie? Uh, That's so great. Where the guy, he's almost like Conan, a beast slayer or a beast master. Oh, beast, beast master. master. Yeah, yeah. two little ferrets. Uh, and then finally it turns into a wolf at the end. But he was following me around and Bobby was trying to kill it. Because <laughs> I, yeah, every time I got into a fight, I was just like, I wasn't right. even thinking. I would just swing like 10 more times. Uh-huh. Like, oh, right, that's your thing. And then we'd, go, we'd keep going. Oh, it was so funny. But yeah, yeah like I, I have a power now where there's a chance that they'll fight for me yes, if I, if yeah, I hit I them. So yeah, like, they yeah. get this little like, crazy stuff in their head and they turn yes. green and they go running at each other. Yep. But what happens is, you know, it's like a 50% chance or something like that. It's like a really high chance. So one time I hit like five guys and they all turned 
And then they were oh. all just running around in circles. And I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. <laughs> it was a very weird. It was Can a very you weird still thing. damage them at that yeah, point? Yeah, you can still damage them. But if you leave yeah. them alone, they'll just die on their own after, after, oh, they, okay. after they, after yeah. they uh, finish like, being possessed or whatever. It's time, I'm excited to like jump in and try some other characters out. You know, I'm having great fun with this character, yeah. but like hearing about all the other stuff you can do as well, I definitely yeah. want to try out some others. Well, when you beat the game, you unlock adventure mode, it, right? Exactly. I was just about to say yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And can you create new characters to play in Adventure yes. Mode? So that's cool because I don't want to replay no. like Act 1 right, a billion right. times. Yeah. So what will happen in Adventure Mode is, let's say you start a new character, then it'll give you like, it'll be like, okay, go kill this monster and you'll have to run around and search for that certain oh, monster. And, so, and you level up pretty damn quick and it, you know, it's just a new mode with, with more fun things to do instead of just following oh, the main story. I was going to go home and go to bed tonight. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. So no, the whole map, the whole world opens up to you, and you have like bounties. So you'll go like, like, okay, kill this monster, kill these five guys, and you just go in and do it, and you get, you know, That's great. Grow. So yeah, the yeah. game really never ends, right? So have any of you guys done any streaming of Diablo? I, uh, no, no, I haven't. Steve, Steve's been streaming. Streaming yeah. it, yeah. Bobby. But you have done some streaming this week, haven't you? I did. Uh, Karen and I, uh, my soon-to-be wife, uh, we are starting a series of let's plays on uh, horror games. Ooh. And we played about an hour and five minutes, I think, is the exact length of the original Silent Hill for PS1. That's awesome. I remember that game quite well. So I barely remember it at all. I definitely played it, um, but I do not remember much past. I remember up to the school, really, is very kind of... Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I want to make sure I'm thinking of the right game. Yeah. Is there a puzzle that involved piano keys, or is that Silent Hill 2? Um, there's definitely a puzzle in Silent Hill 2 that involves piano keys. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. But there could be stuff in Silent Hill 1 for that, too. Uh, so I'm about an hour in. You know, it's funny because, first of all, I mean, I'm playing it. I'm playing the PS1 Classic version on my PS3. Um, and I'm playing it on, like, you know, my 47-inch TV. It looks like hot garbage, for one yeah. thing. It looks horrible. <laughs> but that's not, it's not, big, it's, that's not, that's neither here nor there. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because not that long ago, I played through Silent Hill 2 and 3 which have similar controls to Silent Hill 1. They're not very different. They're still kind of that tanky control. That is a little bit interesting to get to get through. We actually dropped it down to easy because we're streaming it and we don't want to get stuck yeah. like you can in games like that. Um, but it was really fun. You know, it, it reminds you of game design, you know, from those days and how less, even then, hand-holdy everything was. There's a puzzle in the first hour. You have to find these three keys. It never tells you you have to find the three keys. It gives you no no clue as to where they are. You actually have to walk around the town and find them. And, you know, it was rewarding to do it. It got a little, there was one moment where it got a little bit frustrating. Uh, but other than that, it, it was really fun. You know, there's this kind of tenseness about it because, because it's a PS1 game, I forget that you have to actually physically save it at save points. Oh. It's not just saving. <laughs> so I never, I didn't die, so it didn't happen. But I, I was, I got through this puzzle where I had to find the three keys. I walked out of the door uh, and it went into like the nightmare world, and I was like, and I also I froze. I was like, I was like, oh fuck, I need to save it because I didn't save it, so I had to run back in and save it, and then I went back out. But it was a lot of fun. You know, I, it's not very scary to play right now because it's it just looks it, it, the, so such bad. A detachment from the visuals yeah. uh, that it's tough to be scared by it. Uh, but it, it's interesting and fun and kind of a good timepiece to do it. And it was fun streaming it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to finishing the game. I'm not sure if we're going to do two and three because I did we did just play through those not that long ago, so I don't know if I want to revisit them or not. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's next. interesting you say about um, how the graphics looked because I was going through my basement trying to find something, found my PS2, 
I thought, oh, I've not seen this thing in years. Mm. And I thought I'd drag it up, see if it works. It still worked. And the only game I could find was Jack 3. Okay. Which, you uh. know, it was actually not that early on the PS2. No. It's like, you know, it's a fairly no, it's a pretty good game. looking PS2 game. Well, that's uh-huh. the thing. I put it on and I've, I'm so sure I got like a 55 inch TV. I turn it on. And I was like, holy shit, it looks <laughs> terrible. And I remember thinking like, wow, this game looks awesome. When yeah. I played it, this is so much better than Jack and Daxter 2. <laughs> uh, no, I terrible. thought Crash Bandicoot on the PS1, Crash Bandicoot 2 was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> right. And you go back and look at it now. You're like, I don't understand how I ever exactly. did this. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a little bit sad. I mean, imagine you know, looking at that PS2 and then imagine doubling how bad it looks on the <laughs> PS1. Yeah. Because you know, in PS2, at least there's, you know, people and creatures look like creatures and people. In PS1 days, it was just like a blocks, you know. Yeah. Like his head's kind of a block with a little bit of other blocks and for hair. It was know, Minecraft. It, yeah, it was Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was either blocky or like diamond shaped. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. yeah, Ugh. yeah. Um, but it and the story makes no sense. But what I love about Silent Hill, in, in general, and I said this last week, is that it's this beautiful thing that doesn't happen much anymore because we the the development has gone so far away from being Japanese led nowadays. It's much more Western led. But where a Japanese development team, especially one guy, loved American horror movies. And decided he wanted to make an American horror movie as a game, but it's through this amazing filter of Japanese culture and Japanese thinking and Japanese storytelling. So it's just bizarre and crazy and weird and nonsensical. And I think that's a big part of the the charm and of, of it. Very cool. Yeah. So that wraps up everything we've been playing, which mm-hmm. is good because I want to get onto this week's topic. Super. So I'm going to say it was maybe like five or six shows ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, we started getting on a kick about music and games and Rob and me looked at each other and like, we have to do this as a topic one day. And we just been waiting for the right time to do it. And that time is now. So what I asked everybody to do was to get together a list of maybe like, you know, three to five games that they've played that the music really stood out. And I wanted it to be music, not like Grand Theft Auto where you're getting a whole bunch of like a soundtrack, but I wanted it to be music and games. So I asked everybody to get together a list, and they did, and I asked for some listener input as well, and I'm going to read those off in a bit. But Rob, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you give me one of your games, and we'll go round robin. Okie dokie. Uh, I will start with, well, it's, it's funny. We were just talking about Silent Hill. Silent Hill 2 is probably one of the best PS2 games, like soundtrack games, Um it, it kind of went that, that creepy horror with, like, a a mix of, like, weird rock. Um, but I remember the day I got that game, I got my first surround sound system. And That'll I, stand I, out. Oh, totally. I sat in my room for about six or seven hours straight just blasting that and absolutely beautiful. I still own that soundtrack to this day. Yeah, it's an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Akira Yamaoka is mm-hmm. the composer. It composed, I believe, everyone through the Shattered Memories one. I don't think he did the last couple. No. But, uh, yeah, it's an amazing score. I mean, that kind of main theme, which is so good, and that the score is so memorable that, that this never happens with things. He's the one who scored the movie as well. Really? Yeah, uh, which is the, be- it's the best part of the movie, too, but... Uh, he's it's, it's so amazing. I mean, his music is unbelievable. It sets the tone perfectly. It, it does ha- again. It's the Japanese thing, right? Where it's it goes to this like 
it's this creepy atmospheric stuff. And all of a sudden you'll get like this weird guitar stuff in it as well. Um, like you were saying, Rob, it, it's, it, it's one of those scores that just, it's, it's unforgettable. Uh, and I've seen a couple of, of the, the pieces played live, like YouTube wise. Uh, and it's, it's just so cool watching people like perform, perform these songs that's really awesome yeah. uh-huh. i have to go back and check this out the scores yeah, for definitely. all the games are great i mean one through four even though four four is not a great game the score for four is amazing and especially for two and three though the, the scores in the games are, are both great mm-hmm. yeah bobby all right so um let's see i'm gonna start with mass effect yes mass effect is on my list is it on anybody else's no yeah. Just, uh, it's on mine too so the mass effect music if if you love 80s action movies if you love 80s sci-fi if you love like the, those deep smart sci-fi movies like blade runner and 2001 and all this kind of stuff it, it brings that those moments and those feelings to a game soundtrack in a really amazing way um you know the the, the synthesizer stuff is just extremely powerful and it works so well and that's one of the soundtrack that i can listen to over and over and over again um it's just unbelievable yeah i have that um uh... Mass Effect's songs from 1, 2, and 3 on my iPhone that I can listen to. Uh, there was a song in 2, Suicide Run, which was at the ending of the game, which was just incredible. What's interesting about Mass Effect is that they actually changed composers mm-hmm. in game number 3, which I was pissed about because yeah. I loved the music so much. But I can't remember the composer's name who came in on 3, but he did a terrific job. Um, even on some of the DLC stuff that they had, they had that final DLC where um, basically it was just like a thank you from Bioware, and it just got like your entire team together, just to, like hang out in the Citadel and like throw a party. And the music that they released from that was terrific. It's like it's one of my favorite pieces from the actual game, and it was on this DLC. Yeah, I, I'm I say like I, I I think the Mass Effect three score is fine, but I do I do I do notice the difference. The difference. Oh, there's there's definitely a difference. Yeah. Um, I mean the actual score from Mass Effect, like is as iconic to me as the original Danny Elfman Batman score. Mm. Like, I hear it, and you just know, okay, we're, we're talking about Mass Effect here. But the the score from 3 um, was, to me, it was, I would have rather it stayed the same, but for what it was, I liked it, like, I liked it a lot. Mm. Jackie. Yeah. Can I do kind of a two-in-one? They're kind of related. You've always <laughs> got to do your own thing. But sure. Go okay. ahead, Jackie. So it would be Valiant Hearts and Child of Light. You know, it came at a similar time, same studio, and kind of a similar feel to the soundtracks. But both of them really set the tones of the game. I have yet to play Valiant Hearts. Oh, so the music's I have, fantastic. Oh, I love right? the music of Valiant Hearts. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's really, good. It's yeah. poignant mm. and touching. Yeah. And yeah, it's really, and it's fantastic. Like, especially on the, the more serious parts of the game it's definitely it sets the tone uh so that one is definitely worth checking out and, and it also it feels french for some reason. oh it's very french <laughs> it's very french well it's yeah. made by ubisoft so it's <laughs> right. yeah. and montpellier as well right yeah so i, th- I think child of light was montreal yeah i think so right? yeah so yeah so valiant hearts and then like i said it's very very similar but uh child of light as well the music in that sounds like a fairy tale mm. i always say the game is like playing a fairy tale it sounds like a fairy tale so those two are kind of Two and one. A twofer. All right, then. We'll accept. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to go with Guacamelee. Guacamelee had... I'm not one for Mexican music <laughs> at all. 
Uh-huh. And I was I fell in love with that soundtrack. But yeah, because it was funny when I started playing the game, and like you you got me to play it, and we were talking, and I was like, oh my god, this music is amazing, and you immediately said you were like, oh crap, I totally forgot to talk about that on the show. Yeah, the music in Guacamelee is absolutely fantastic. If you're not even a fan of that genre of music, it's good. I don't like that stuff at all. And I was like, I was humming it. And like, I, I would revisit areas and I'd be like, yes, I love this song. Because <laughs> every area you enter, it has different music. If they had a soundtrack to that I could buy, I would totally do it. I remember I was on an air, I was on the plane back from Orlando. And I was with my family um, when we took Jordan down to Disney. And my mom likes that type of stuff. So I was like, listen to this. And I put the headphones on. She's like, it's really nice. I said, I know. She's like, where's that from? I was like, video games. She's like, video games make good music? I'm like, that's a whole other discussion, which we're having right now. Exactly. That's awesome. So Guacamelee, Mr. Rob. Okay, my next is going to be uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, and that's another one that, that kind of goes into the, uh, I would say, kind of like organy, like church-type music. And then immediately throw in some freaky guitar riffs, and you'll just be rocking out. Um, I think, if I pronounce it right, it's Michiru Yamane is is the composer's name for for that. Uh, another thing, just jump, jump on YouTube. That's something that that you could just throw on and listen to while you're like grinding in Diablo or something like that. But yeah, I've I've been listening to the hell of that out of that lately very nice bobby all right so halo it's on my list as well <laughs> i just wrote down all the games that i would like i figured that were big ones and I, iconic and halo fits that oh yeah absolutely perfectly. i mean that uh you know that that, that theme that first in the, the very beginning when you first see the halo and the sh- and the the ship is coming over in, in, into the space and you get that the grousing big moment and, and throughout the whole thing. That was one of the first games that really, I was like, wow, this is like a movie score. This isn't, yeah. this, this, you know, I love video game music, but um, most of it had felt incidental to me past the 16 bit era in a lot of ways. And I know that's wrong in a lot of ways, but for me, that's what I was going through. And then when I heard the halo score for the first time, I was kind of blown away. And then there's, that great moment near the end, right, where you kind of walk into that door and it starts going like, and it starts like, you know, the guitar starts going and it starts playing like the you're a badass music. And yeah. you start like, you know, and, and I will never forget that moment where I just like, I like cocked my gun, I walked through that door and the music just hit. And it was, it was this is like the perfect marriage of, of music and gameplay in a way that I never, ever expected. I remember in Halo 2, there was this room that you entered and all of a sudden, like, it took a tone. It was like, it was the actual song from Breaking Benjamin that they were playing. Like mm. the like the rock chorus came in, and I was like, that was the first time I think you ever found the um, the alien rocket launcher. I forget what they called it, but it wasn't a multiplayer because it was so overpowered, mm. and you were just decimating things with it. And you had this amazing guitar riff going on in the background. Yeah, Halo's music was iconic yeah. and amazing. And that the the composer now is like outed with Bungie and it, yeah. It's, yeah, they got. Well, he did a bunch of Destiny stuff, right? He, he, he he's yeah. done with Destiny. Yeah, yeah. he's done with Destiny. Yeah, I know, but it's so sad because the Destiny music we've heard so far has been fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, when we were waiting for that to uh, load, mm-hmm. I sat on the couch for like a good ten minutes and just listened to the like, load <laughs> Mar- music. Mario yeah. Donald. <laughs> Mario Donald. Yeah. He is not going to have a hard time finding work. <laughs> no, not at all. 
Not at all. And by the way, if you love the Mass Effect music, there's a composer named Cliff Martinez. He did Contagion. He did Drive. He's a movie composer. It's it's like listening to the Mass Effect oh, score. Oh, definitely. I'll check so that, you check out. that out. Yeah. Jackie. It's me again? It's you Already? again. It's, you know, you mm. could have saved one and one, but <laughs> you wanted to do two at the same time. They were connected. Anyway, uh, Zelda and a blanket Zelda. Like, I mean, my personal favorite was always um, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I love the music in that. I love, like, when you first find a pona and you ride to the, like, basically the middle of the field and, like, and it's triumphant and epic and and all the incidental music when you go play the little mini games, when you meet Tingle, like, all this stuff that happens, it all has its signature. Mm-hmm. Like, every single place and everything you do has a signature to it and the music dictates what's, you know, what that signature is and... So that's that's my one. Yeah, you have that too, right? No, it's not on my. I mean, oh. it, it was close to being on my list. I didn't. <gasps> I, 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 I figured I someone else was going to talk about it, so <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't <laughs> I love the Link Between Worlds soundtrack. Yeah, it just, might actually be my favorite Zelda soundtrack. Right, I agree. Yeah, because uh, I mean, just the game that it's based on mm. was my favorite Zelda soundtrack, and for them to remix all of those songs, uh, it it brought me right back to when I would just sit down with my Super Nintendo and play. Here's a quick question. Oh. I've barely played any of the Zelda games. The most I've played is the hour, two, two hours I'm in Wind Waker right now. Is Zelda the most iconic video game music ever? Because I'm not me playing any of the games, and I know that score like the back right. of my hand. I mean, Mario it's is one of them. Yeah. Mario I, I'd probably say Mario would be. Mario, like 1-1? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely, right. even the dungeon, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Like but Zelda would have to be in the top oh, it's totally two right, or three, yeah. I would think. Because they've stuck with that same sound. They've changed it up here and there, but it's they've stuck with those same themes. Yeah. I mean, the video game's live version of like the Hyrule theme is amazing. I'm telling you, if that ever comes near us yeah oh, i would be there in a second i yeah. am there in a heartbeat i've downloaded a lot of the soundtracks like yeah, the songs off the soundtrack uh for like a, before skyrim soundtrack actually came out um that was i, I downloaded um I forget the name of the song but i downloaded the song from there you know because it was terrific it was the only place to find it yeah uh-huh yeah but i mean there's other theme of course yeah oh absolutely exactly that one i'll go Yes. My next game is Mario Galaxy. Oh, nice. yeah. That Mario Galaxy good. has a terrific, gorgeous soundtrack um, that I think is one of the best I've ever heard from any platform ever. Um, I only got to play like, you know, I played through Mario Galaxy years ago, and the soundtrack still stuck out. It was like the third game I thought of, uh-huh. even though it's been so long since I played it. Um, it was terrific and beautiful. I mean... There's not much more to say to it than that. I got to go back and play that. Oh god, it's so good. I know. And mm. I don't think 2 2 was had a like a very good soundtrack, but for some reason 1 stuck out to me more. Or which game do you like better, 2 or 1? One. 1. 1. Okay. I think the newness of it was so amazing uh-huh. in 1 mm. yeah. that while 2 was a terrific game and probably was um better to play the the whole idea of, of using the Wemo and jumping and then shaking the Wemo to jump through the stars. I, I thought that was terrific. Fantastic. Rob. We should mention the composers' names. We haven't really been mentioning all of them. Uh, Mahito Yokoda is the composer for Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, obviously, Koji Kondo is, is part of that, too. Koji Kondo is the, is the 
grand master of video game scores. I mean, he created the Mario music, he created the Zelda music, um, and he, he did the score for Ocarina of Time as well. So just wanted to mention those people. All right, yeah. Uh, so my next one, I wouldn't call it a blanket, but Final Fantasy IV and Final Fantasy VI, they, they're tied for my you know, all-time favorite Final Fantasy soundtracks. Um, I spent like back when you just couldn't download music and stuff I probably spent about $70 on each three disc set for to get these imported um absolutely amazing uh let's see that was Ueyatsu who who does pretty much all the Final Fantasy music but Final Fantasy 4 is is the Final Fantasy game that will forever stick out to me uh that that's the game that that got me super super into role playing games, and the overworld theme that's my ringtone. Uh, and there's one song in there that I I play and I listen to, and I keep saying to myself like, "This is a song that I want played at my funeral." That's how, <laughs> like, I, yeah, exactly. Ugh. The tone suddenly got a little darker. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like uh, Cecil's theme, every, everything from that game, it's just absolutely beautiful. And I think in general, they always are well done, right? All of the Final Fantasy games. I uh-huh. mean, you pick those two as your absolute favorite, but I think they're def- it's definitely a, a, a set of games that always excel at the music. Mm. Oh, definitely. Like uh, 7, 9, 10, they, they all had, like I'm not, I'm not putting down all of the other ones. It's just that right. these are the ones that, you know, they just stuck out stick the out most to, to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my funeral music. <laughs> I had a so I I had a a song on here that I was like, oh, this would be great to walk down to at a wedding. But I don't sure I don't I'm not sure I could go with that now that you've jumped into funerals. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Bobby. Um. Let's see. Okay. Uh. Bastion. Okay, you got my last one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, then I'm going to wait. You can talk about that one because I have another one on my list that I'll talk about that. I okay. wanted to save for my last one. So um, I'm going to rope these two in together. Uh, Super Metroid and Metroid Prime. Uh, kind of, you know, evolutions of, of the same ideas. But uh, the Metroid series has always been one of my favorite series. And the music is a, is a huge, huge part of that. Uh, unlike, it's really unlike any other Nintendo franchise because mm-hmm. it... it, it Unlike I, I love Nintendo, I mean I love Zelda, I love Mario, I love Donkey Kong, I love Kirby, I love all almost all of their first party franchises, but Metroid is the one that's kind of cool. Like it's like the cool one, you know. It's like it's sci-fi. It's got bounty hunters and monsters and alien planets, and the music was always just so moody and um, emotional and and exciting and. You know, back in the 16-bit times, it was great. And then what Retro Studios did in, in, in the newer games was just as fantastic. And all three of the games have, have really, really great music. Um, the third one has great music, too. The, the Wii one has amazing, amazing music. Just great themes and uh, really uh, top-of-the-line stuff. So that's my uh, that's one of my favorites. Very cool. Jackie. I have to have more. Yes. I distinctly remember you saying three to five. How many have you done? Three? Why don't you and me talk about Skyrim? All right, yeah. That's good, because it didn't even make my list. How did Skyrim not make your list? Because I made my list in like the five minutes before I turned off. <laughs> Look, I'm honest, okay? You are very I honest. I not much about it. 
<laughs> so makes you, makes you so lovable. <laughs> All right, so Skyrim, obviously. Skyrim has some of the best music ever. It the, really does. The song I was thinking of before was Far Horizons from Skyrim. Right. Um, there's four or five songs from Skyrim that stand out to me. Dragonborn, which is the opening with the oh, like the Vikings and stuff chanting <laughs> yes. or whatever. And then from past to present, Distant Horizons, Far Horizons, and The Streets of White Run. The Streets of White Run was the song I was thinking, like, it is the perfect song to walk down the aisle to. Right. And obviously, if I could go back in time 11 years and redo my <laughs> my wedding, I would have Ange walk down to that song instead of whatever we chose. <laughs> right. Um, Which is obviously not as memorable as it no. would have been. Oh, God. <laughs> I was 20 when we got married. I could barely tell you anything that was played at our wedding. <laughs> I was just like, what do you want? You want, okay, sure, whatever you want. Yep, okay, okay. Yeah. No, that first one, though, when you first turn the game on and it gets louder and louder. And it's, oh, that yeah. chant? I oh, love that so that much. Yep. amazing yeah, i'm like singing it in my head to myself right now and thinking oh, now i'm gonna have to go home and play skyrim and diablo i'm never gonna go to bed tonight <laughs> i feel so bad for you <laughs> uh the next game i'll talk about um i've talked about it before but it's um remember me it's this game that came out from capcom you just um, beat the drum for this game in every, in every single way. <laughs> well, I've mentioned the music before, but we're talking about video game music, so it's just this... There's, I've never heard another game with this type of music before. It's orchestral, it's electronic, it's got this beautiful female voice in it that gets remixed all over the place, and I I can't say enough about it. The I, I, I've downloaded the whole thing off iTunes. The only problem with it is that it comes in live. And I want the more studio version of it, mm. but the live version is still wonderful. But yes, I will I will beat the drum for that game for a long, long time. And the composer for that is Olivier Derivere. Yes, you are more <laughs> brave than I am for throwing out all the names. So thank well, you. I mean, I think like they just we're talking about all their work; yeah. and they deserve to be mentioned. I mean, absolutely. The Child of Light composer's name is um, wait, where is it? Uh, it's C O E U R. Coyora? Co- oh, it de- means hot. Okay, and de pirate. <laughs> I don't know how you said that in French, oh, but P I R A T E. The Valiant Hearts one is various artists. I think it's more like found music than it right, is. Right. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. And the, the composer for both Super Metroid and the Metroid Prime series is Kenji uh, Yamamoto. Uh, it's been the kind of Metroid composer for pretty much all of it. Thank you for looking that up. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Rob, you had one more. Bobby, did you have any more left? I have one more. You, I did. Wh- one was the, why'd you complain before? I was just making the point, that's all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, I have a quick one, then, and then we'll do Bastion, I guess. But uh, Chrono Trigger is another one. Uh, another you, I love you Super for coming Nintendo. with all the old school stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's another one that Uematsu sat in on, and there was a bunch of people, actually. Uh, it's that blah, whole square blah, blah. kind yeah. of right the, Matsuida yeah, yeah. and Mitsuda but this is just an- another one of those old school Super Nintendo games that just it's when they got like the the chip tunes correct and and it just felt lively and fun and when it hit the sad beats it it really felt sad cuz there were there were a bunch of bunch of sad moments in that game um but yeah, another one that I spent way too much money in porting the the soundtracks because, you know, back then they just never released them here, so you couldn't do anything about it. Mm. You couldn't just type on YouTube and pull it up. But yeah, Bobby. Oh, Did so you have one more. Well, another quick one before we get to Bastion. Uh, Portal Two. 
Ah, yes. Uh, I love the Portal soundtrack. They did a great too because you, you could download it for free when it, it came out. Oh, that's uh, interesting. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and the music is just really amazing. I mean, I have a ton to say about it, but I just wanted to, to mention it. Jackie, what was your uh, one that you decided not to let us know on? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Rayman. And I know you're going to hate me for saying that, but it's Rayman because the music is such an integral part of the game. Sure. Like, you I know, the objects you jump are musical instruments and the soundtrack, you know, the how you move is to do with the music. And yeah, so that would, that would be my other one. None of us said rock band. Well, it doesn't count. count. I, I said no. that there was no soundtracks. Count? Because it's not, it's, he said no soundtracks. It's not a score. It's, it's a game with music. Yeah, but the music has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't create the music. Why isn't Red called Green? I mean, why not, right? <laughs> The, one game that that had like a, a real soundtrack, I guess, and even if it was a real game, but uh, it was probably the most dangerous time in my life was when I got super, super addicted to the arcade version of Crazy Taxi. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that game. I used to work right outside of an arcade that had it, and uh, I got so damn good at the game that I loved one, that game. One dollar would last me, uh, one full playthrough would last me about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And people wow. would be standing behind me pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so from, from then on, whenever I would be in my car, if Bad Religion or Offspring came mm-hmm. on the radio, I would go into crazy taxi mode and <laughs> start <laughs> running over pedestrians. <laughs> oh, it was, it was dangerous. It, it really was. That's like awesome. I, would, I would have to... Like chill out. <laughs> All right That's then. Great. Yeah, I had that on the Dreamcast actually. I spent many hours playing that on the Dreamcast. When that finally hit Dreamcast, yeah, I, I went out and bought a sh- shitty wheel that the suction cups broke like right <laughs> away. But it wasn't. It was never the same as the arcade. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I played that. On, I remember that on the Dreamcast. That was so yeah. much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna just roll through like a bunch of them, and then we're gonna finish up with Bastion. Okay. Okay. So when I, when we, I came out with the idea, when we came out with the idea, I just started writing down as many games as I could think of that I really enjoyed the music. And I was like, wow, I got more on here than I, I thought. Uh, so here are some of the ones that we haven't got to mention. Fez. Fez is great. Hotline Miami. I have that on my honorable mention. <laughs> uh, the Bioshock games. Um, even though we said no soundtracks, I, I think the... The kind of remix the, of them. The sounds of like the old-timey almost it added to the experience like it added to the experience it was such like it wasn't like a soundtrack it was like an integral part of the music well especially in infinite right where they they take these like the beach boys song yeah. and uh-huh. they, they and they place it in 1917 or whatever yeah. with this kind of barbershop quartet arrangement or a calypso girls don't want to have fun yeah, girls you know, just want to have fun that's di- you know that that is in it, like i mean i would never say like oh this is the best video game music cuz it's uh-huh. you know it's from someplace else but it is an integral part of the identity of, of that those, world, yeah. yeah. Although the one original song, well, no, it's not really an original song. It's an old church song. But their music, um, too. I mean, their scores and stuff are, are very good as well. I yeah. mean, they have good uh, music in those games, definitely. Uh, the Last of Us, which has yeah. phenomenal music. That was kind Excellent. of on my list. Uh, kind of. <laughs> it was. It was on my list. Did you put, like, The Last and then just stop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just didn't. Uh, I figured someone else would say it. I thought that as well. And I thought you'd all give me a load of stick for literally putting down a whole load of games I've played in the last six months. Yeah. Wouldn't matter. Music is music. Yeah. What you enjoy, <laughs> you enjoy. I put down um, The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us. Those scores are, you know, because they're downloadable games. A lot of people maybe haven't played them or whatever, but they have terrific music, especially The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Uh, Transistor. Which is interesting because we both had a Supergiant Games game on here. Uh-huh. Um, Mega Man. 
Mm-hmm. Mega Man is great. Uh, and then I, after Mega Man, I thought of the next chiptunes game that really, really stood out to me: is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That yeah, that was excellent. Uh, the Uncharted games. Oh yeah, the Uncharted stuff is great. And um, there was this game called Syndicate that came out mm-hmm. maybe like four years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think it's where Skrillex got like kind of more popular because they had just like all sorts of like dubstep that like would come out in amazing places like a boss battle and all of a sudden it's like congratulations you're not playing dubstep when that was that before far far cry 3 yes. yeah 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 that was, was before okay. far cry 3 yeah that, that um that game is underappreciated yes that came the Starbreeze joint i uh i saw that on a like top 10 games you probably missed and that was like number seven uh-huh. so i picked it up and thought that game was a lot of fun if you and have if you have a ps3 and ps3 you're, yeah okay. or an, i think it's on 360 as well it's on 360 as well yeah Definitely Syndicate. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll say. I mean, I've called Journey and Flower both. I think have wonderful, yep. amazing Journey, especially the music is yeah. like I, I'll probably cry listening to the Journey music. Yeah. I can't wait to play that again. That's coming to PS4, and that's yeah. a game, Jackie, that you need to play. Yeah, is Journey. Yeah. Yes, it's. Yeah, I mean, you should play Flower too, which I, I is on the PS4 right now. They're they're very different games, right? They're not like I feel like between Diablo and Destiny. Journey is like a I, five I is a five hour game at, at most. At most, I'm, we're talking like you play because right, I'm like running out of time to actually shower. Yeah, right you can now. play Flower <laughs> and Journey like in one sitting each. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're very short games. Cool. Yeah, they're more about emotion. Journey, yeah, Journey yeah. is is an experience you have to take. Yeah, Rob, let's f- take us home with Bastion. Uh huh. Well, first off, my favorite NES one because you were just throwing random ones out there. Yeah, go. And it was on my honorable mention list, is Rygar. Mm, yes. Uh, it was arcade, then NES, but it just, there is one song on there that, to this day, I I hum when I walk around, and it has just stuck in my head. And about two years ago, I went on a feverish quest to try and find that one song and I think it took me like two, two days of searching, finally finding the track list and then being able to pull up the song. So, yeah, Rygar for the NES. But, yeah, Bastion, I I think, is probably my all-time favorite soundtrack. Uh, it's really fantastic. I need to play this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this, it's Darren Korb, mm-hmm. and he did Transistor also. Um, but the the... Two vocal songs on that soundtrack both make me tear up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ashley Bennett is the the female vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but d- just even even the regular, you know, non-vocals blew me away. Uh, like, how did you fall into it? Or I mean, I mean, I, I think that uh, that game is one of those games where as soon as you're dropped into it. The, the whole experience of it is so uh, enveloping and overwhelming. And the music is, is obviously just a tremendous part of that. Like I, I that's, that's a soundtrack I've listened to separately, but for me, whenever I listen to it, 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 it's attached so distinctly to the moments in the game in which it happens and to that voice of that narrator in, in those moments. Like it's, it's just such a cohesive thing to me, but it, it's, it's an amazing soundtrack. I mean, it's, it's one of the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, did you have some listener ones, too? I did. I'm going to read through some of our... I put this out on Twitter, and some of our listeners responded. Uh, Adam Houston, who is at Hawkeyes Houston, says, Silent Hill 2, Fez, and Hotline Miami, because they're stuck in my head and forever will be. Patrick Hader, who is at Pat Hader, says, Silent Hill 2 and Assassin's Creed 2. 
Chuck, who is at Chuck is Infamous, says The Last of Us. Soundtrack is so good it blends in perfectly with the game to the point you may not know it's there and also adds in N2O, Crystal Method for the win. What was that, Nitrous Oxide, you said? Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that game. Uh, Andy Breeden, who is at Historic Me, says, I still have some of the rhymes from Parappa the Rapper rolling around in my head. Superbad Larry, who is at Superbad Larry, says, Halo, also Wipeout XL. You could put the game disc in a regular CD player and it would play the whole soundtrack. Chemical Brothers, smiley face. I completely forgot that you were able to do that with some games. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Dylan Jones, who is at Dylan underscore L underscore Jones, says, This I can do. Fallout 3, New Vegas, and the Bioshock games. Love all the 20s era stuff. Also, The Last of Us, which uh, which is gorgeous. Daniel Fugate, who is at... DF2506 says Mario Kart 8, Super Mario 3D World, and Ocarina of Time. Matthew Fett, who is at Jedi Hunter 66, says Mass Effect soundtrack score, but my all-time favorite is the Star Wars Repub- is from Star Wars Republic Commando, which doesn't shock me because Matthew is a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh-huh. And that was it. Awesome. So thank you so much, guys, for letting us know what your favorite music and games was. That's a huge thing uh, for me and for us personally, it seems. Yeah, I was gonna sorry, I was gonna say Smash Brothers, but it's kind of a cheat because it has mostly music from other Everyone's games. Main yeah, theme. yeah. But that main theme, yeah, is freaking awesome. <laughs> so Rob, how are we doing on time right now? Uh, we're hitting one twenty-two. Hmm. All right. So what I wanted to do, um, and we'll shorten this. What I wanted to do was a lot of the times uh, we ask you guys to ask us questions that you would like to see answered. But what I want to do is I want to flip the script and I want to ask you guys questions. We want to come to you guys with questions that we thought of. We want this to be more of a two-way street. Like we say we're building a community and I really want to do that. Like we really want to build a community between us and everyone and who listens to us. So we're interested to know what you guys think of stuff. So I asked everybody to come up with one question. And we'll ask it. We'll have a very short discussion on what we think of the question. And then please reach back to us at Talking Underscore Games. Reach us at our email, which is podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Like We want to be involved with you guys so we can help a direction uh, set a direction for the show to give you guys the content that you want to hear and B, to get to know you personally. So I'll go first. The first question uh, that I had was, if there was one thing that you could change about gaming, what would it be? I'll give my answer first and give everyone a second to think about it. Okay. The one thing I, if I could change about gaming uh, would be the culture that surrounds games right now, uh-huh. which is just, unfortunately, if you're on Twitter, it's extremely toxic. To the point that a lot of the game devs are rallying together and, and I, I, I think created an open letter to, to like stop the harassment. And you know there was the We Love Game Devs um, hashtag going on Twitter a couple days ago. So you know we're involved in this now uh, and we have a great community that's not negative. But I just, I'd like to see that negativity end, whether it's fanboyism or just hateful speech towards people who think certain things about games. That's the – like. You know, that, that's the thing that I would put out there, and we don't have to say anything more than that. But no, I just want to throw I, that out there. I think that's a blanket thing. Yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, but if anybody has been paying attention, it's been really ugly the last couple yeah. of weeks. It's been horribly ugly. There's a woman named Zoe Quinn, yep. who is a video game journalist um, and, and sometimes creator as well. And some really horrible stuff is happening around her. I don't even want to give 
credence to what was being said about her and what she's dealing with. But this is someone who's being harassed every single day of her life right now for something she didn't do. And even if she did do it, didn't deserve to be harassed for it. Yeah. So there is a lot that needs to be fixed in the world around these people. And, and, and an open letter is nice, but she even said herself on Twitter, like, it's not enough. You can't just sign a letter and be like, I, I support people not being harassed. Of course you do. You yeah. have to do something about it. You have to stand there. And look, us as the, the guys, it's a very much been a boys club for a very long time. If you see someone out of line that you know, it's your responsibility to say, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. And that's the problem is that there's a, there's a kind of a culture of, of letting people do it. Cause, Oh, it's not, I'm not doing it. It's just let, 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 let you know, let live and let live, let them do whatever they're going to do. It's their time and their, it's but tol- it, it's acceptance of, hateful speech whether you're yeah participating in it or not yeah you if you have the ability to stand up and do something then please do mm-hmm. yeah i had it happen to me today uh there was customer in my store who used my least favorite word and i said something i you know i was like look that's not cool uh i, I don't appreciate that word and especially it being said and you know yeah i think it is important but it also i think it comes with age and confidence to actually because when you're younger especially when you're in your late teens early 20s there's so much peer pressure just to fit in with the crowd and have other people like you regardless but as you get a little bit older you do start to get to the point where you're like no you know all right because my other half will tell you this i am the person at the party where i'll go to a block party i'll go to a big party there's a whole lot of people i don't know and someone tells a racist joke I'm that person that stands there and says, hey, not cool. <laughs> and all the other people that didn't particularly want to say anything go, ooh. But, you know, I've got to that point where it's like, I don't need the racist arsehole at the party to like me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. So live and let live, you know. I'm, I'm going to say something to you if you do that. So, you know, people need to do that more online and in real life. Mm-hmm. If you don't think it's right, don't just not worry about it because it's not happening to you or you're not doing it. Stand up and say something. I agree. Yep. And I, like, I didn't want to, we could talk about this for hours, <laughs> but it's just, different show. you know what yeah. we haven't yeah. on this show. We haven't really got into that yet. Like we're part of this culture and I just wanted to throw it out there that we're not going to support that type of stuff. So if I could see something yes. change, that's what it would be. Yeah. But Rob, what about you? Good on. We're going to seem so vapid now compared to like, oh, I really want controllers to be different. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going with the same thing. Okay. So it, it's almost like a blanket. So you want to we'll keep that as a blanket statement for that one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. But yeah, we'd love to hear what everyone else thinks. Yeah. All right, Bobby, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you give me one of yours? So we talked about a lot of different kind of games, and we talked about you know, Jackie's having her year of growth. This year, a video game. Um, but I wanted to ask, what's the one genre of gaming that you just have never been able to get into? That's a good one. RTSs. Yeah. I can't get into RTSs. Yeah, I, I like real-time strategies. But mine would be mobless. Mm. I just haven't dipped my foot in. And I don't know if it's that I'm afraid that if I do, then, you know, I'll get sucked in. You know, because I could totally see myself liking League of Legends or mm. or something like that. Um, I, th- I think it does have more to do with that. Like, if I do dip my toes in, then I'm done. You're done. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd say up until, like, maybe two months ago, I would say first-person shooters. But thanks to my year of growth, <laughs> uh-huh. it's not that anymore. Yeah. 
Um, this isn't really a genre of game as such, but I've like never played The Sims any version of and it is I've a sim. No it is. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, just a simulation. The Sims okay. is its so own the Sims, thing. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've got no interest in playing that. It really just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. Mm. I, I think for me, I, you know, RTSs are close for me as well. Uh, but as much as I've tried several times, MMOs are just something I have never been able to really dig into. Mostly because I don't like. It's like here's the least your least favorite part of RPGs. It's the whole thing. Like that's basically <laughs> what those games are. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you, you want to you just want to grind for nine hundred hours. These are the games for you. Right. So I've never really been able to get into those. Yeah, that I mean that's why Destiny is so interesting. Is that it's kind of mixing all those genres together yeah. and mm-hmm. you know making an MMO feel kind of fun i yeah. guess you could say yeah yes. i mean borderlands kind of did it they went sort of there but uh-huh. destiny is kind of going to that next level of stuff yeah well, i take it next week's show is going to be like destiny heavy right? yes i'm gonna <laughs> just guess that yeah i mean it's you're gonna have a ton of time to play this i'm gonna be down for a day by the time you guys record i'm gonna play that a lot yeah so okay. we'll have uh-huh. like at least yeah. 24 hours to yeah. talk about <laughs> i probably will not sleep so yeah it'll be a very interesting show yes <laughs> We Rob. should just record the show over the party yeah, system sure, on the PlayStation, right? <laughs> okay, here's a quickie. Now, when you create a character and are able to name that character, do you have a default go-to name that you name that character? Mm, I kind of do. It's always, it? it's always Jack. But Jack? J-A-Q, because you know, it's a uh, little more fantasy. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, where, where did that start? Like, do you know... It was someone else years and years ago shortened my name and spelt it that way. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't like using it in real life. Uh-huh. But... I'm totally going to use it in real life now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What about you, Justin? Uh, I was always me. I was always Justin. Uh-huh. Um, I liked saving the world. So we talked about this before, and Bobby's like, Justin saved Skyrim. Like, totally. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, when I had my son Jorah, I started switching and using Jorah. And so... So much of a cooler video game name. Yes. yes. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> much better than Justin. Uh, so uh, um, especially in games where I like can build a character, I try and build him what I picture him to be in 15, 20 years. So, I mean, mohawk, full beard, face tattoos, why not? Just throw it all in there. <laughs> And so my son saves the world. Well, maybe not the face. <laughs> um, for me, it's it, in games like Zelda. I never change the name. I never change Link's name to anything else. It's always Link because I feel like that's who he is. Like I'm, I don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have the right to change his name. Uh, it was weird. Like when I was younger, like Final Fantasy VII. It's funny people talk about that game. I don't know any of the real characters' names. Oh, you changed because them? I changed all of them to. Buffy character name. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So who died? Um, uh, Willow. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I did. So I don't know any, of, or maybe it must, might have been, was it, it was either Willow or Buffy. It was, I don't remember what the name was. Um, so I changed like all of their names. So I, I don't know those names. Now, if I'm playing like Skyrim or something like that, I usually use um, Flag, like Randall Flag from The Stand. Okay. Because um, I just like like F-L-A-G-G. I think it's like a really cool... <laughs> name and I, it's it's oh. it's like sort of nebulous so it could be from old times it could be like some weird yeah. future name uh-huh. so that i that's what usually i go with flag is usually the name perfect oh. yeah. and mine stemmed from um when i was playing the first diablo and don't i don't even know where it came from i think i was just kind of clicking through the the random choices and 
saw the standard XAN, you know, prefix. So I just added ARC, so it's Xanarch. <laughs> and ever since then, I've used it. But but like you said, Bobby, when it's, you know, like Zelda, I always have to keep it Link, or Dragon Quest, I always put it to Hero. Um, so any of, like, the, the big-time games, I'll I'll keep their real names. But when you have to type something, then, mm. then it's always Xanarch. Yeah. Cool. The One World of Warcraft character i made his name was frogert <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome i like that one yeah. jackie what's your question my question all right very it's kind of funny that bobby would mention this earlier as his like vapid question but it's that it's uh what's your favorite and least favorite console controller over the years okay okay you know like i always i liked the n64 one at the time now I look back and I'm like, how the hell would you control anything with that you controller? Can, you cannot. The worst. Exactly. And I loved it at the time. <laughs> yeah, because there was nothing like it and our hands right. were smaller, I think. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like over the years, what's been your favorite and least favorite? Um, my favorite is the DualShock 4. And my least favorite, um, it would have to be the GamePad. Ooh, really? That's a good choice, I really do yeah. not like the gamepad. Of all whatsoever. the controllers, that's your least favorite <laughs> controller. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know what? Because I've been using it a lot lately, yeah. and I cannot play with that thing. Because what my you life. really want in a controller is awkward controls, and it weighing two pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that somebody I, I could throw the N64 controller out there, but so it might be right. somebody else's answer. But for me, honestly, I've been playing a lot of Mario 3D Worlds. I think you need yeah. to remember what it was like to play N64 <laughs> games. Yeah, Dreamcast was quite bad as well. No, I liked the Dreamcast. I like not as bad as N64. I didn't like the Dreamcast. I, someone who's played with one recently because we just got one like oh, a, a month okay, ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had never really used one before, and it's like close enough to like modern controller design where it's not it, it's not a problem to play with it. I'll say the N64 just because I feel like that's like the right answer. But if you're asking me for something else, I would say the gamepad. Okay. okay. It's so funny because I feel like the gamepad and the their new like their Xbox like controller are two of like the better controllers they've ever made. I want to use the Xbox Lite controller, the Pro. I haven't, yeah, I haven't got good. a chance to it's use it It's a really yet. good controller. Yeah. Um, for me, it's tough because I think probably my favorite controller, honestly, is probably the Xbox 360 controller. It's probably my favorite controller. I just think that the the, the sensitivity, that, except for the D-pad, is garbage, but you, I never use a D-pad with that thing anyway. I love, the, I love the separated sticks. I always thought that was like, that's the way to play shooters. Even now, like I love the DualShock 4, but I wish the sticks were separated. I, when, the, I, when I play first-person games, it's harder for me using the, the two down there. Uh-huh. And my least favorite controller, it's probably the N64 controller. Even when I was a kid, I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing? Why is this thing down here and the other part, the buttons are up here? I, the weird thing was I remember picking it up and just going with it. I mean, yeah. like, I'll never be able to use those yellow buttons, but yeah. this is fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. At the time, I loved it. And uh-huh. now I look back and it seems stupid. Like some weird like spider person <laughs> like to use that claw. thing. Yeah, yeah, to use that thing. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a minus. Listen, the game controller is n- nothing to write home about either, except for one instance, and that's using it for Smash Brothers. For Smash, is yeah. the only thing that it, I feel yeah. like it was made to do that. Right. Uh, mine, I would say, favorite right now, PS4. I still use my 361 for PC stuff. Uh, least favorite, I mean, obviously N64, but... The original Xbox Duke controller, oh, the, the giant. Thing? I loved the Duke. <laughs> I cu- I couldn't. It was it was, and I have big hands, and that thing was was just monstrous. That thing was no joke. That entire no. system was 
like a deadly weapon. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I remember when they came out with the S, which was the smaller one, all my friends wanted to use the S, and I was like, I'm fine with using the Duke. <laughs> I think I'll like use a, this thing forever. Just a quick dishonorable mention as such. The Wiimote, you know, the very first time the Wii came out, it's fanta- it was fantastic because it did something new and something you hadn't seen before. However, as time went on and you were getting new Mario games and you had to, you know, unless you specifically went out and bought a classic controller, to use that thing to actually play any game other than one you're waving it around in the air, it's a pain in the ass. See, I completely disagree with you. I think the really? waving around the air is the pain in the ass. Like playing <laughs> Mario Galaxy, I had no problem playing Mario but Galaxy. But you're holding thing. like a rectangular yeah, It didn't matter thing. to me. That didn't yeah, matter. I hated it. I, I, you know, I got in that position where like as long as it wasn't a pointer game, yeah. I could just like sit back and like prop my elbow against my body. And I just got in this thing where I was just like in a mode. You know, like I loved playing Metroid Prime 3 on it. Um, you know, I have a problem with like whenever they're like, oh, do specific motions, obviously it kind of fell apart. Like, well, that kind of thing's fine. Yeah. But like, if it's something that's not particularly motion supported and where you are just moving yeah. and jumping and running, using it as a controller was painful. Oh, I never, I never felt painful doing that. But <laughs> um, I, I know that controller is not well liked. <laughs> uh, Jackie, yeah. did, you, did you do yours or did we yes. skip you? No, Jackie, yeah, that was Jackie did yours? That, that, was, Jackie. that was just Jackie's. I came up with one. So, so you yeah. did come up with one. If anyone has answers to any of those, one you know, pick one, pick them all. Yep. Jump onto the forums, love uh, the email, Twitter. Yes, reach out to us. Yep. We're gonna start doing that more. Like I want that to be a thing um, that we reach out and we ask you guys things more. Definitely, because it kickstarts our conversations as well. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to hear some different perspective. We had it. we each had a list of three. Yeah, so, but we, so unfortunately, we have, time just didn't allow we'll it. We spent a lot of time on we'll, music. We'll save them. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely save some. So that's going to bring us to the end of the show. So Ooh. I'm going to do some pimpage right now. We are talking underscore games. You can reach us there at Twitter. If you want to email us, it's podcast at top, uh, talkingcomicbooks.com. We have the Talking Comics podcasts, which Mr. Bobby Shortle is the host of. It's true. And they have their 150, 50th episode next week. Next week. Wow, That's congrats. a big deal. It is. <laughs> we'll get there one day. Uh, they're at Talking Comics on Twitter. Uh, you could follow Talkie, uh, Talking, oh gosh, uh, Talking Movies at Movies Talking. Steve is right. That is awful to say. <laughs> uh, there is The Misfits, which is our female show with Stephanie Cook in the lead, and they are at the underscore Misfits. And then there's the Talking Valiant po- uh, podcast, which is at Talking Valiant. We have a whole slew of podcasts for you guys to enjoy, and we are hoping that you are doing that. So that's going to wrap it up for us. For Jackie, Jackie, give us your Twitter handle. Uh, it's at Jackie Turner. Rob? It's at Dusk1020. I laugh every time you do that now, now that I know <laughs> what the reason is. Bobby? Thank you. <laughs> at Bobby Shortle. I'm Justin. I'm at Joe Roke. Thanks so much for listening to Talking Games. Please remember, if you're going to podcast, figure out the date. Thank <laughs> you.